0: Trademarks owned by Becklass AB to C V 2024 Proximo Jersey City, New Jersey. Please drink responsibly.
1: Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app.
3: San Antonio district judge resigns after
2: a federal corruption probe. A former San Antonio Texas judge goes to federal prison after pleading guilty to accepting bribes in exchange for rigging cases in his court. Angus McGinty committed the ultimate judicial sin. Why did you do it? I did it because I was foolish. Listen to How to Bribe a Judge on RevolverPodcast.com Apple Podcasts, Stitcher or wherever you get your podcasts. The John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast. John Anik and Kenny Florian. I fucking love them. I can't get enough of them. Let's
3: hear that the next. Big jab there from duffy and Brett Mears hurt now. Down goes duffy out oh, close! Cool. Brett Mears does it again! Rock'em
2: sock'em robots here! Oh my goodness! I can't believe there are a couple of absolutely self-involved bullshit artists. Here are
0: your hosts. John Anik and Kenny Florian. Oh, good to be back with you, Monday, August twenty sixth, two thousand nineteen. It's episode two fourteen of the Anik and Florian podcast. Oh, do we have to get Ken Flo back on video, especially now that he's keeping the lettuce nice and tight? I mean, it's amazing <laughs> how long you were keeping that shit for. Some time, huh? <laughs> I know. Well,
3: listen, I didn't have to be on. I didn't have to be on television at all, right? I just let the let the hair go all over the place. Now I'm keeping it tight for a different reason. I look a little younger now, John, with the with the
0: shorter hair. So that's my goal now. Like, so,
3: you know. the,
0: so these jujitsu commentary gigs that keep popping up. Uh, by the way, we could do a whole lot better job promoting these things on the Anakin <laughs> Podcast. Uh, shout out to Kasai Grappling, I think it is. Yes, thank you, my man. Uh, so, uh, all right. So we don't have that much to get to today, which is kind of exciting. It doesn't mean I didn't prep five hours for the podcast because I know no other way. Yes. But – excuse me, when, when we have a dark week proceeding as we just did, uh, we can really talk about whatever we want to. So I started the day watching some videos on, on Dustin Poirier and Khabib Nurmagomedov, and we we're going to get into UFC 242. And then I stumbled across pieces of Conor McGregor's ESPN interview over the weekend in which he addressed any number of different things. That nice left hand he landed on that guy in the bar. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> can we
3: break but, that down? Can we break down the left hand? The guy had his hand Hands down, dude. I mean, uh, right?
0: come on. He yeah. didn't press charges. You know, he probably thought it was yeah. a good shot and wanted to acknowledge it. No, uh, of course not. We're not making light of that at all. But in the nature of time, because Longo's coming up here in about seven minutes, and and he he rejected our offer to be pushed back five minutes because of some school commutes and other things getting our way this morning. So Conor McGregor, among any number of different things, talked about who he would like to fight next. And I think a lot of us kind of were hopeful that there would be an appearance here for Conor McGregor in 2019. I think the sport and in particular the individuals on his radar have so much momentum right now that I think he wants back in in the worst way. So he basically dropped nine names and I had Ken Flo very quickly this morning, put them in order. So the nine names he dropped and I will give them to you in the order in which Ken Flo would like to see these fights. Justin Gaethje, Tony Ferguson. Oh, this is just one after the next. i Nurmako be Max Holloway, Nate Diaz. Dustin Poirier, Jorge Masvidal, Jose Aldo, and Frankie Edgar. So Ken Flo has Jose Aldo number eight. For me, I think if I had to choose the next opponent for Conor McGregor, Jose Aldo might be my number one choice, right? Any number of different ways you could go with this conversation. But those were the nine names on the tip of his tongue. I want to start quickly with Frankie Edgar, and then we'll work our way towards some of these, because Frankie obviously has responded in kind Part of the reason why this fight has legs is because it was rumored in the past. Frankie acknowledged Conor as a legend, said he wants to f- to fight Conor so that he can tell his grandkids he did. That resonated with Conor McGregor at the time. Um, all of that being said, I think there are a lot of lightweight matchups and true 155-pound matchups, even the Jose Aldo rematch that I think – are more likely at this point in time. But for you, Justin Gaethje was a, was a clear number one. Why why Gaethje next for McGregor in your mind is the most appetizing.
3: Well, listen, we heard rumors that it was going to be put together at one point. Um, I think it's a fascinating fight because of Gaethje's complete crazy game plans to just move forward and throw down Um, He has tremendous power. He's a guy that's not going to be afraid uh, to trade with anybody, including Conor McGregor. He's going to move forward. Um, He's always delivering exciting fights. Um, He's a guy you can rely on. Like number two, my number two right guy, Tony Ferguson, that you know is going to bring the fight to his opponent and do exactly what he says he's going to do. Um, And I also think he's got a great chance of winning that fight just based on his power and his pressure.
0: And part of the reason we bring this up today is because September 7th is going to be here very quickly. You know, I got one leg out the door to Abu Dhabi right now, and that's sort of the last shoe to drop in a lot of respects. Certainly a week later, you do have Justin Gaethje fighting Donald Cowboy Cerrone, Mm -hmm. but I think the Khabib result against Dustin Poirier is really what's going to give and provide a lot of clarity when it comes to Conor McGregor's next opponent. Uh, Ferguson certainly has legs. Obviously he's without an opponent and you got to think unless Tony is fighting for the undisputed championship, that Conor McGregor would be the only fight that he would expect or that he would accept, I should say. And that's just, uh, speculation, not even informed speculation. Khabib, you have number three. Max Holloway is there lurking at number four. Not sure how likely that is, given the fact that at featherweight there is such a clear number one contender in Alexander Volkanovski that I think there's probably a promotional appetite to move with that fight. Dustin Poirier, of course, in a rematch scenario, would be there for you at number six. Jorge Masvidal maybe fights Nate Diaz, but, but a name that was invoked by Conor McGregor. And then Jose Aldo. So... Like, why would that not be number one for people? Right. And I I guess from an Aldo slanted standpoint, right, from a King of Rio standpoint, their first fight lasted 13 seconds. As we've talked about in the past, you know, Max Holloway is given more credit for what he did to Jose Aldo than Conor McGregor is given credit. I'm not sure that's fair or not, but I think for McGregor, there would be some more closure he would get from beating Jose Aldo over a few minutes, at least, as opposed to a few seconds. And certainly for Aldo, uh, where do I sign? So for me, if there was ever a time to make that fight, um, given the way the deck is sort of aligned, I'd be moving in that direction. But uh, I'm not a promotion, man. I'm just a soldier. Hey, and listen, I, I think it's a fight that it could potentially be realistic, especially
3: if. They agreed to fight at 155 pounds, for example. I don't think Jose Aldo would be opposed to that. Um, And and I think you're right. Listen, we never saw that first fight in a lot of aspects. Um, McGregor absolutely caught him. I don't believe in lucky shots, but we only saw 13 seconds of that fight. And I think we saw so much potential in two very skilled fighters in their prime. Um, and it just wasn't meant to be. We didn't even get, you know, two rounds out of those guys. It was only 13 seconds. So I think it's a fascinating fight for a lot of people who like, like seeing high level technicals. Um, but why I have that so low as far as Jose Alves is because, you know, Jose, Jose has lost a couple times now. I, I think he's lost a little bit of that same that he had sure. back in the day when they could have done the rematch. Um, so that's why I had it a little bit lower.
0: And you just have. So many big names on this list. Yeah, that's why I have Medi. Yeah, no, and I, I understand that, right? And it's amazing how it flips on a dime for Jose Aldo. He had all that momentum after the Moicano fight and back-to-back wins, the Jeremy Stevens win, and then all of a sudden the loss to Volkanovski, I guess maybe would mute your excitement a little bit for that fight. And maybe it would it would do the same for Connor, right? I think the, the dream scenario obviously is going to be if he could somehow rematch Khabib here uh, in short order. But we'll see what happens. But send us your thoughts at Florian Pod. I, I thought I had pushed out a poll question this morning, but it didn't submit. But curious to get your thoughts on who you think will be next for Conor McGregor, and in a dream sequence, uh, who do you think you would like to see him fight next. Of course, the big one is Poirier and Habib Nurmagomedov. And before we get to Ray Longo, just one thought on that fight. And obviously, you're going to get a much more comprehensive preview and predictions from us uh, in one week's time. But Dustin Poirier is the the furthest thing from intimidated going in there against Habib. He has long said that that Habib is the toughest matchup for him in this division. Uh, not that he considers him a specialist per se, but because of his ability to dominate with that singular part of his skill set that he represents the stiffest challenge for him. Uh, But Dustin is in the hurt business. Obviously, that's been a a sort of rallying cry for him. Kenny, he feels like when he hits these men, uh, all of these former champions, they do crumble and go down to whatever degree. Uh, As we sit here a couple weeks out, I think now less than uh, how competitive a fight is this? And your thoughts on this from the Poirier side of things. Well, listen,
3: uh, as far as Poirier, I-, I think he's finally becoming that guy that everybody's been talking about in training over at American Top Team. This is a guy who was destroying everyone up to like 170 pounds, saying, where is this Dustin Poirier on fight night? He's finally um, fulfilling that potential now in his fight as far as showing up to fight, being that mature guy, uh, that veteran fighter who is acting like it, who's going out there leading the and just destroying his competition. So I think he's matured a lot. He has a lot of confidence moving forward. Um, even when he said that mention of Habib Nurmagomedov being uh, the toughest fight out there for him, I think he said that maybe three fights ago or something like that. I don't know if he's giving Habib that same kind of respect this time around. I-, I think he has gained a lot of confidence. However, it is still a very tough matchup for Dustin Poirier. Poirier on the feet, there's no doubt about it. He's the superior striker to Habib Nurmagomedov. Um, I think with that Brazilian jiu-jitsu black belt, um, you know, uh, and that's going to help him. But he's not necessarily known as um, this high-level submission guy who can submit you off of your back. And I think if you are going to beat someone like Habib Nurmagomedov, you have to be extremely effective off your back, not only with submissions, but perhaps just... Creating space, getting back to your feet, uh, looking for a quick reversal off of those takedowns. Uh, if you're able to do that, you're able to frustrate Habib, get him to fight on the feet a little bit longer, where you have more of an opportunity to take him out. If Dustin wins that fight against Habib, it's going to be on the feet. It's not going to—I don't see it
0: happening on the ground. It's just interesting, and and you bring up a lot of salient points. But for Dustin Poirier, right, this is the fight that you've long been thinking about when maybe you haven't had an opponent, right? Mm -hmm. The prevailing thought for a lot of these lightweights for a couple years has really been, eventually, when I get to the top of the division, that's the fucking bear that I'm going to have to get through. And I think there's some as someone who has fought for the belt three times, Kenny, you can attest to this fighting BJ Penn and Jose Aldo. I think there's some upside and some benefit in that, right? That forever Habib has been on the radar of Dustin Poirier. And I'm not sure reciprocally uh, the extent to which Poirier has long been on the radar of Habib Nurmagomedov. Uh,
3: You make a a great point. The smart fighter is the guy who's always looking at the top of the mountain uh, in a lot of ways, preparing for that, for ultimately that huge fight. And I think, the more you see Habib Nurmagomedov, the more you can kind of see certain weaknesses. Now, I'm not sure we've seen a lot of them, yeah. but you do get the uh, opportunity to adjust game plans, see what works, see what doesn't work. Um, and that's what makes it so difficult to defend the belt time and time again, which is so crazy when you look at a guy like Anderson Silva or George St. Pierre who defended that belt time and time again. All these fighters are looking for ways to, to try to... Um, Uh, to beat him Uh, and some things work, some things don't. So that's more information for people on the outside looking in um, still with Habib, you know, exactly what he's going to do. And no one has found a way to to stop that
0: as of right now. Yeah. I love that. That's a title defense records for me. That's where it's at, right? Because you're always getting everyone's best and getting that number one contender type who has been, having a target on you for years quick tweet here from one of our listeners Scott Spratling I've never bet on a sporting event in my life other than casually amongst friends I'm so confident in Dustin Poirier winning in a few weeks I'd like to make my first official bet Scott unfortunately I'm not a bookie. he says you're the guru so I'd like to know the odds and the best way to place a bet so I reached out to Scott privately I, I don't have an active book I can't take your action as much as I would love to be that guy Uh, But there's certainly ways that you can do that. And uh, I think Poirier is like a plus 300 underdog right now. So much more from from Ken Flo and me next week in terms of that fight. But a little taste this week. And we'll see if Dustin Poirier can shock the world uh, here in a couple weeks in Abu Dhabi. But it is now time for the award-winning Ray Longo Minute.
2: It's now time for the Ray Longo Minute. I'm going to punch a hole in his fucking chest. That's what I want. The Ray Longo Minute. John Anik and Kenny Florian
0: podcast. Hello. Oh, there he is. Ray Longo. Playing what hooky today. Refreshing.
2: Playing hooky. Going in late today. Uh, where do we late start, today. guys? What are we doing? I got, I'm got. i I'm training an ally at Quinta last night. And after this session, he goes, we're moving on up. He ordered, he got an Airbnb for the uh, Australian fight. I mean, these, oh, guys are, these guys are killing it now. Now, Kenny, I don't know that that could be a bad thing. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing. Right. But I'm glad <laughs> to see these. I'm glad to see these guys are really maturing and they're, they're having a great time. Well, That's why? Really the bottom
3: line. Do you, do you think he's going to throw a party, a house party over there? Is that why you think it's a bad thing, or what? No, I, I think because the fact that
2: I got to get up and piss twenty six times a night, <laughs> I could be waking people <laughs> up yeah. when
3: they
2: when they should be sleeping. I I need to be locked away in in like solo. So
3: just I don't lock, disturb anybody. Listen, just lock that door, whatever you do, please. So <laughs> I mean,
0: this is, why don't.
3: This could be, this could be a disaster.
0: <laughs> so why don't you just use his hotel room at the host hotel and, uh, and just politely decline the invitation? Oh, uh, John. I'll take like your room. You I'll to, I would love to go hang out with those guys. I Let me tell you
2: something. I like where your head's at. I'm going to work on that.
0: <laughs> you know, swap places. You want my yep. room? Maybe I'll go crash the Airbnb. I'm not sure that's great for Dan Hooker, right? You got the play by play guy shacking up with Ally Equipment. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: that's all uh, That's all we need. Uh, yeah, that, would, that would be hysterical.
0: So, speaking uh, of uh, impartiality, I-, I saw the UFC trotting Chris Weidman in Boston, Massachusetts, I think at Fenway Park, as if Red Sox fans, you know, give a shit about this New Yorker. I mean, I, dude, I can't even take this anymore. <laughs> I can't even take it. It's
2: just. This is really uh, a thorn in your side. I could say.
0: I'm just joking. No, I mean, I, it was cool to see uh, at least Calvin Cater make the rounds there promoting this show. TD Garden coming up on October 18th. Uh, hey, you know, I was talking to Ray before the show, and I was saying that Mark Henry is actually really public enemy number one. Because he's trying to take Zabit into TD Garden and beat the Boston kid Calvin Cater, who is our best hope for championship glory in the UFC right now, as Boston, Massachusetts guys. So uh, I don't know, Mark Henry and exactly. I maybe a little friendly side wager uh, <laughs> between me and Mark Henry, but uh, I,
2: so <laughs> I want you Bostonians to direct all your anger at Mark Henry and leave me alone. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, I'm a big Red Sox fan. How many times can I say? You know, Joe DiMaggio's brother played for Boston. Does oh. anybody know his name?
0: We Nobody, down. right?
2: Yeah, Dom. Dom DiMaggio. Dom, look it up. Dom DiMaggio was Joe's brother, played for Boston. I'm a big Boston fan.
3: Uh, listen, you're call not you going
2: to str- surprise Panic with any sports information. Call you, you str- Strimskies. Yeah, call you from Long
0: Island. Wow. There you go. My, dude, my dad is from Seaford, New York. You know, I mean, who's that? Grew who's up Trim- a Mets who's my Z- Z- father, Z- my dad went to Seaford wow. High School. Wow. Can you believe I, that? Really? I got New York roots. No, I don't. Fuck. You never told me that. <laughs> how how old's your dad? He was born in
2: 1951. Wow. So he's got a... That's it. How long did he stay after Seaford High School? Did he stay in on Long Island?
0: Well, that's the thing. There, therein lies the rub. He went to Northeastern University in Boston and, you know, went the- from Fenway Park and then he stayed in Boston for 20 years. So... He became a Red Sox fan, which I think is crazy growing up a Mets fan. I actually lost respect for him years later when I learned <laughs> that he grew up a Mets fan and, and then started rooting for the Red Sox. You wouldn't catch me dead rooting for the Mets. For the <laughs> and he and he wasn't a Yankees fan. Certainly not. Certainly not. Wow. If he was crazy. a Yankees fan, he probably would have raised us that way and that, or tried to in Boston, and that would not have gone over well. But, no, my mom's side of the family, not that the listeners – care about this but my mom's side of the family die-hard boston sports fans season ticket holders for everything 60s 70s 80s, so that's really where i where i get it uh but wow. on, on a mixed like martial Davis. arts front yeah. right ally Aquinta. Yes. i hate to read too much into social media all these athletes like kenful look beautiful with their shirts off sweating <laughs> on social media okay but Al looks like he's ready to go right now. And he, when he got six weeks out, I mean, he looks like he is real. I know he eats clean. He's always pretty low in terms of the weight, but he looks great.
2: I you know it's funny. I just saw the uh, picture on Instagram and I agree with you, man. He looks, he looks, he looks really good. Although Al Joe's a little bloated right now. So I don't know if that's adding to it, but I right. told him the other day when he came in, I go, dude, you really, you look phenomenal. Like just physically. So, uh, you know he trains hard. He had a great, great sparring last night. He's been working hard, so uh, you know that stuff all translates into uh, into a nice body.
0: So Dan Hooker is the opponent. I mean, you, you you do any special catering for the the size and the length, or no?
2: Uh, you know, of course. Yeah, you know, we had a a six one undefeated uh, amateur uh, who's really good. He's making his pro debut. I mean, one of many guys, but yeah, he, he's he's. Six one, very long fights, long. So yeah, we'll bring in a couple other guys for that. But uh, uh, yeah, definitely we, we we think about it, and uh, you know, I, I think even Cerrone did give him a little problems with the uh, distance. So we've been working that. Uh, so yeah, yeah, that, definitely know it and addressing it, and he's looking good so far.
0: So stadium show in Melbourne, Ken Flo can attest that these are not the type of fans to boo. They're very sportsmanlike, yep. albeit very passionate. But is the dream scenario for Ally Quinta that he beats Dan Hooker essentially in Hooker's backyard? Even though I know he's a Kiwi, but he beats Dan Hooker on the road, and then he can rehash the whole Mosfidal speech if they if they boo him and say, you know, you guys booing me, fuck you, right? I mean, this is a true road game, and the first I think. Of its kind for Al. I mean, he did fight, obviously, Cerrone, who's a huge fan favorite. But I don't know. Al normally would have the crowd. He's not going to have the crowd, I wouldn't think. Are you still shell-shocked from that interview?
2: Tell me the truth.
0: Oh, I'm just so glad to be a part (laughs) of it. Just so glad to be included.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And I remember that like it was yesterday. (laughs) <laughs> right. I felt Thank so you. bad. My <laughs> Thank, you. Uh, Thank you. I think I think he's – I don't know. I don't think he's getting booed in Australia. He, right, I well, it, that's... he loves Australia. Okay. He spent a lot of time down there before. Uh, I got to tell you, I mean, I think if he had a place to move, that would be on his list. So I think he's – I don't know. I'm feeling the love. I, yeah. I love the Australian fans, and they always – I've been there twice, and I've had nothing but a great experience. So I don't expect anything different. Um, and, again, the other guy is from New Zealand. I don't know if that makes a difference, but uh, I don't know. You know yeah. I don't no, Al really I think, yeah, I think he's really going to feel the love. Yeah, I think a that guy. Yeah, I think so. We'll, we'll see, though.
0: No, I think he's one of the most – popular 20 or 25 or so guys on the entire roster in any division, man or woman. So uh, we'll see how it goes for him. Yeah, Hooker, I think you'll, we'll have some crowd, but you're right. There'll be a lot of positivity for Team Sarah Longo down there uh, in Melbourne, Australia. All right, before we let you go, you are two fights above 500. The main event is this Saturday morning on ESPN Plus for the UFC Strawweight Championship. I know you will not be awake at this time unless you're pulling no, yeah. an all-nighter. It is Jessica Andraj as the minus-165 betting favorite against the plus-140 underdog Zhang Wei Li, who has won 19 consecutive fights. Who do you like, Ray? Uh,
2: wait, before we even get into that, first of all, you uh, know, uh, I don't even know if we mentioned this. We have Mizuki fighting uh, on that card out of the Oh. Gym. She got her, yeah, so she moved up to 125. And if I wasn't going to Australia, I would have went probably there, but I think the two trips killed me. so liar. Somebody, yeah. else. <laughs> I said somebody else in a corner, but you know, just a shout out to Mizuki. Uh, she's a, she's a, a great kid. And, uh, I think she's going to have a great fight that night, but, uh, on the Andrade fight, I'm going with Andrade. I think yeah. she's on a roll and I think that chaotic forwardness and aggressiveness is going to be too much.
0: I think the fight could be an absolute classic. We'll get Kemflo's pick on the other side. All right, buddy, we appreciate you uh, carving out some time. So what time does the alarm clock go off, or do you just sort of wake up when you goddamn well feel like it?
2: Oh, I wake up when I goddamn well feel like it, John. That's the way it goes down over here. No alarm clock.
0: No. What's what's the uh, word?
2: No alarm clock needed. So yeah, That's
3: living life right there.
2: That's living life, man. Yep. Come on, Kenny. This, we, this is what Come we on. built up for. This, this is what Ray's i work Ray. for.
3: Hey, Ray's World, dog. I like it. Ray
0: Ray's the world. So when I text you at 8.30 a.m. Eastern, is that waking you or your phone is not next to your face?
2: Oh, no, it's not waking me. No,
0: it's, it's, it's <laughs> the, phone's close.
2: the phone's close to my face, but that's not enough to get me up at that time.
0: All right. 8.30.
2: Are you kidding me? Who wakes up at 8.30? Yeah. What kind of people are you? <laughs> uh, hey, phone.
0: uh. Have a great week. We will talk to you next Monday, obviously, and get ready for a big one in Abu Dhabi. Thank you for your time, as always, sir.
2: Yeah, I'm psyched for that, man. I'll talk to you uh, next week. Take it easy, guys. All right,
0: there he is, Raymond Peter Longo, every week here on the Anakin Florian podcast. And as many of you know, it is a new football season. Antonio Brown is on the Raiders. Le'Veon Bell is with the Jets. Odell Beckham is in the land. But the one thing that hasn't changed where I'm putting my money down on all the games. My bookie is the place to bet on football every weekend. My bookie has better bonuses, more prop bets than any other sports book period. And this year, you know, this is close to my heart. They're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place guaranteed to win at least $100,000. And it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do pick five NFL games against the spread every week, climb the leaderboard, score your share of the huge cash prize pool. Now, most of you know, I am absolutely betting on sports on a daily basis, and I would only recommend a service to my listeners that has been good to me. That's why my bookie is always the right play. You bet, you win, they pay. My bookie also has live in-game betting on every single NFL game. They've got the most rewarding player perks in the business. And for you fantasy guys out there, you can even bet the total number of fantasy points a player will score each game. Right now, MyBookie is offering up to a $1,000 first deposit bonus. This is a big offer. Double your first deposit. Use promo code ANICFLORIAN to activate the offer. Visit MyBookie online today. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E. And don't forget to use the promo code ANICFLORIAN when creating your account to claim the bonus. Bet, win, get paid. MyBookie. All right. It is now time for the pronunciation of the week. TJ DeSantis going strong. Big win on Christos Yagos a couple weeks ago. Moved his record on the year to 6-8. and eight. Today he will try to pronounce a name he has tried to pronounce before the UFC's number 14-ranked welterweight contender fights in the co event this weekend, TJ. Who am I talking about?
2: Man, I, I, I had no idea. I've already tried this one, so pressure's Hi. on. Uh, is it Elizu Dos Santos
0: I He goes uh, out of his way to push this one. I
2: mean, what do you want from me? What do you want? Here
0: Here's we go. Problem. Eliseu Capoeira dos Santos. Eliseu Capoeira dos Santos.
3: Yeah. Dang. Yeah, that, yeah. No, it wasn't close, TJ.
2: Well, I mean, Annick says Melbourne incorrectly, so what do you want from me?
3: That's how you say it in Australia, Melbourne. Well, well you also say backyard
1: in, in Boston, <laughs> but I'm not going to say backyard. So it, it, it's Melbourne. <laughs>
0: Melbourne. Well, it's it's, not Melbourne. That's a longer conversation, right? But like Chris Fowler, who has been calling the Australian Open for years, says Melbourne, right? Most of the MMA fans in Australia want to hear me say Melbourne. And our producer, Zach Candido, lets me say Melbourne. So, uh, again, the Aussies, feel free to chime in on social media. If you want me to say Melbourne, like Chris Fowler does on ESPN, God love him. Or if you want me to say Melbourne, as I've been doing for the last several shows down there. But I digress. My six-year-old daughter Tatum could come in here and tell TJ he did not get Eliseo Zaleski Dos Santos correct. So six and nine on the year. I wish Ken Flo had a better connection today because he's laughing at that one. I can fucking guarantee it. All right, so TJ six and nine. It wasn't a great week at UFC 241 for uh, handicappers Florian and Parker. To that end, let us get to the picks. It's the main event challenge.
1: It's the main event challenge.
0: And The
3: time is most definitely now.
2: Florian,
3: I finished fights! I'm going to do everything possible to win!
2: The main event challenge. The John Anik and Kenny Florian Podcast.
0: Alright, first we will update the standings after UFC 241. Team Anik led it 105-101 going in. Not a banner week for either side necessarily. Team Florian though, by virtue of an underdog selection on Derek Brunson, wins the weekend flow 3-2. Now, this is important to point out, and I, I don't do this for any other reason than to let our listeners know that both teams reserve the right to change their selections during uh. fight night. So, as many of you know, these picks are made on Monday, and so much shit happens between Monday and fight night that we allow these guys to text me or text each other to change their picks. And generally speaking, as a sports, I would say you got to stick to your guns. Um, yep. Ken Flo came on these airwaves, picked Nate Diaz, only to text me before the fight that he was changing his pick to Anthony Pettis. So this could have been uh, a different story. You still win the week, Flo. Do you have anything to say?
3: Uh, I'm embarrassed. <laughs> I uh, I should have gone with my first pick. It was a stupid decision, and I would have been up. I would have been up at this point. Right. Even he, I, you know, I texted Ian to let him know as well, just so he knows we're not up to any shady shit. And he was like, really? Yeah, okay. Uh, uh, all right. All right. Cool, man. And uh, I fucked it up. I fucked it up.
0: Well, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? We move it along. Lead still belongs to Team Manic. It's 107-104 as we hit UFC. Shen Shen, Ian Parker back in the saddle. Good morning, sir. Good afternoon. Not a great day for you overall, but we appreciate you still squeezing us in, man. What's going on? Oh, nothing. I missed
1: you guys last week. Um, you know, it was a tough card in general, 241 on a betting side for me as well. I like to always brag when I win, but I, I got to be a man and a bit when I lost and, uh, you know, a couple of bets didn't go my way. And when Ken flow, uh, switched his this pick, I was fucking thrilled um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because honestly, I kind of, <coughs> I kind of wanted to switch to Nate a little bit. And then him and I spoke right. and we both thought that Pettis looked sharp and, uh, you yeah, know, when Nate came out, it was almost like Tupac came back from the dead for a concert, and I was like, oh, fuck. We're screwed. I'm like, at least we're screwed together, Kenny. Yeah, so, 100%. You know, and then uh, he got the, he made a good call with Derek Brunson, although I'm sure you were scared when Heinrich landed that kick in the beginning of the first round, and uh, sometimes the chips just don't go your way, and that's what happened. Yeah.
0: Well, we want to be the highlight of your day, but please, can we, can we do no more <laughs> cigarettes before the Anakin Florian podcast? Like, Smoking cigarettes before the show again, Ian? Dude, I, I I've never smoked a day in my life. I know. I know, think I, know. Fl- I think it's this Florida
1: air. I don't know what's oh. going on. It just it it's, rains it's and then sticky. the pollen just ingests yeah. yourself in your lungs. I'm dying, but I'm good. I'm here.
0: All right. Well, let's get to it. It's UFC. It's ESPN Plus this weekend. Shen Shen China. Main card starts at three o'clock Flo time, 6 a.m. Eastern. Oh, yeah. And this is Saturday morning, not Sunday, by the way. Main event, strawweight title fight, of course, Andraj and Zhang Li. Three main card selections for you today. We will begin with a featured bout. Top 15 flyweights here. Good fight. Tenth-ranked Kai France, 260. Mark De La Rosa, plus 200. De La Rosa, number 14 in the world. Ian, big spot for the fly guys. Certainly now that this division appears to no longer be hanging by a thread. Who do you like here between France and De La Rosa?
1: Um, well, again, I know Kenny and I talk about this a lot. I, I don't think the odds should necessarily be where they are. Again, I think – I do like uh, – I like how you said it. I'm going to go by your pronunciation. Um. I, I do think that he – did I nail that? I, I might have done you it too did. much. You no, did. you got um, it. All right, awesome. Listen, you, I learned from the best, man. Um, here, Here's my thoughts on this fight. I do think De La Rosa is a good fighter. I just think that uh, – in this fight, just the size, the athleticism, Kyle France is big for the weight class. He just looks like he could physically take the punches. And I just I just think his pace may be too much. I don't know. I don't have a lot of faith in De La Rosa to win this fight. I like him at the weight class. I think he's a talented guy. I just think that, you know, it just, uh I don't like the odds here. What is he at? Minus 220 at the moment, I think it is. I'm going to take uh, Kyle France because I do think he's going to win. I think athleticism, I think his... He's just a more powerful guy, and I think in the scrambles he'll end up on top. I just, I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go with a favorite in this one. I wish I could take an underdog in that fight, but I just don't
0: see where De La Rosa wins. can flow the hyphen Kai Kara France. looks like he can make a real run here. I think at flyweight, he's won seven straight overall. He's two and zero in the UFC, split decision win over Howley and Piva back in February, De La Rosa on the other side, two and two through his first four UFC starts. What do you think about the upside of Kai Kara-France, and does he deserve the respect he's getting from Vegas this weekend?
3: Listen, I think it's a trickier fight than what the odds kind of indicate. I think Kai Kara-France is um, a guy who ha- has shown a lot of potential. I'm still kind of waiting uh, for him to have that kind of breakout performance in the UFC. Um, I-, I think that he should be able to get it done against Mark De La Rosa, who's. Uh, pretty good everywhere. Uh, I think if he has an advantage, potentially he has it on the ground. I, I just don't see him being dynamic enough uh, to deal with someone like Kai kara France. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if it goes the distance and if it's relatively close, um, but um, I, I still got to go with Kai kara France here.
0: All right. Co-headliner boys, likely fight of the night in the welterweight division, 14th rank. Elizio Zaleski dos Santos and the leech Lee Jing Leung. They're calling him Easy Dos Santos, Ken Flo. I think that's actually the way to do it, right? So you don't have to trot out that Ilezio Zaleski all the yeah. time. So Easy Dos Santos.
2: I, I
1: co-signed I, I on
0: wish that. I, I'm going to co-sign. Yeah, it. I wish I had the credit. I wish I had the credit for who came up with that. Uh, Easy Dos Santos, minus 300. Leach comes back plus 230. Ian Parker, we will need the round and the method of victory here. Who do you like in the co
1: I'm just going to call him Santos. I don't even want to attempt any of the seven names that he has. Um, That's fine. That's fine. I, I really, yeah, I know. I really like Santos um, in this fight. I like him as a fighter. He is someone that I've had my eye on for a little bit. Um, I actually did think he was going to get someone a little higher up in the ranks um, in this fight, but he just has way more tools to win here. His stri- he has shown that his striking it's fast, it's, I mean, he's precise, and he's just. Man, he could do it all, and, I, and his ground game is sec- is really, really sharp. I just think his opponent has been winning everything, you know, on the feed. He's had favorable matchups to have striking wars, and I think in this fight, I just think Santos is just. I'm hoping he's a smarter fighter here. I don't think he needs to brawl. I think if he just does what he usually does, he can come out, you know, fast and hard with his punches, but go for the takedown because if he brings this fight to the ground, it's gonna end quick. Um, His opponent, however, is very powerful. Those body kicks that he throws are devastating. I'm going to say that Santos is going to win by submission in the second round. I would like to say first. I just think that, you know, he may get tagged a little bit in the exchanges and then realize, you know, hey, stop fucking around, get into the ground. So I'm going to take Santos' submission second round.
0: All right. Pretty good analysis there from Ian. But if he had more time to do his research, Kenny would have told him that the reason Eliseo Zaleski Dos Santos is is taking on this opponent is actually because it was initially booked for November of 2018. I think they wanted to make it right. So Dos Santos had to pull out Ian at that time. And then, of course, he did go on to beat Curtis Millinder. So you'd think with a number next to his name, why is he not fighting a top 10 guy? I get it. Uh, but they're running this one back. Ken Flo, before we get your prediction over under, 10 UFC appearances thus far for the Leech. Do you know how many fights Lee Liang? You called his debut, I believe. Do you know how many UFC fights he's had? I'd say over 10. Isn't that amazing? Eight and three. Yeah. 11 UFC fights. Eight and three for the Leech. Of course, Dos Santos on the other side has won seven in a row. He is the prohibitive favorite here. Uh, your thoughts on Easy Dos Santos against Lee Liang?
3: Well, that's what concerns me about Li Jing Leong. First of all, is that durability, his ability to stay active. This is a guy who is extremely tough. He's always going to be in a fight, uh, even when he's hurt. Um, And it scares me, the fact that uh, Dos Santos can get crazy at times. He gets a little wild uh, sometimes, but he can always rely on that jiu-jitsu background to try to take the fight to the ground where he should have a big advantage uh, against Lee Jing Leong, although Liang G- has gotten a lot better on the ground um just not so strong off of his back i think that uh dos santos is the better athlete he's quicker he's more powerful um you know he just has he just has to be careful trading in the pocket if he mixes it up stays varied stays dynamic mixing things up with his takedowns uh i think easy does it
0: uh as Ooh. as the easy e song uh says easy does it is definitely i'm going to use that i don't i never think about how i'm going to call a fight finish beforehand but easy does it might have to uh might have to be (laughs) there you go you can can take it uh you got a method of victory (laughs) you got a round for me ken flo uh let's go with uh decision decision for easy does it and here's my analysis on that fight okay the leech is one of my favorite guys on the roster. To that, when Pump he scales. gets smiling and and when he's when he's you know talking about his daughter, a real infectious guy to be around. Ilzeo Zaleski dos Santos is a monster. You know, like I think he's a real problem. And and I to Ian's point, I, I look forward to the time when he gets to really test himself against one of those top ten guys. You know, I think there was a rumor fight with Neil Magny not all that long ago. Had a fight with Bala Muhammad go away mm. at one point in time, but. Easy Dos Santos, uh, big favorite in the co-main this week. And our main event, I'm excited about this fight, guys. 102 days after she slammed her way to the belt against Thug Rose, Jessica Andraj, putting said belt on the line against Zhang Wei Lee. Andraj, the favorite here to retain, minus 165. Zhang, plus 140. Ken is going to lead the main event this week. Listeners, ask for it. You get it. Ken Flo, I know you're high on both fighters here. Uh, who do you like in the main event? Shenzhen, China. And how they get it done? Oh, boy. Listen, I, I think the fact that it's in China
3: uh, has made it even more confusing uh, for me to make the pick. I, I think any time a fighter goes from uh, North America or South America... All the way to Asia, um, it is not an easy flight to deal with. Um, It it is very challenging going there, dealing with the time change, and having to perform on their time. I I think that is a a genuine factor looking at this fight. Not going to be easy for Andrade. However, I think if you're going to have a style to go out there uh, and be and beat uh, Zhang 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 Zhang, sorry, not Zhang Zhang Wei Li, I, I think. You want to have a grappling style. You want to be a big takedown artist like uh, an Andrade. And I think um, Andrade is very powerful. However, she's facing someone in Zhang Weili who is going to be, I think, just as strong. Um, She's going to have a little bit of a height advantage. I think uh, there's no doubt that Zhang Weili is the better striker. Uh, I love her sidekick. You know, so many guys. Uh, believe that the longest range weapon is that jab. It's not, it's your lead leg. And, uh, Wei Li utilizes that lead leg extremely well with the sidekick. She has excellent spinning attacks. She moves very well. Um, it's going to be a real challenge for her though, to keep this one on the feet. Uh, I think she does have the toughness. I mean, anyone who has like 13 fights or whatever the heck she had in one year is got to be extremely tough and durable and a tremendous athlete. Um, it is tempting to go uh, with the excellent Chinese fighter, who I do believe will be a champion at some point. I just think it's a little too early uh, to go against Andrade, uh, who has been nothing but consistent in her performances. Um, I'm going to go with Andrade here by decision, but it's going to be a close one.
0: Oh, I love the love that you're giving Zhang Wei Lee and you couldn't have analyzed her work much better than that. She's 19 and one. 19 straight wins in MMA since her pro debut. So Ian, I know we were texting back and forth about her strength of schedule. I'm not even sure I care about your strength of schedule when you rip off that many in a row. I will give you the record of her last eight opponents outside the UFC. So 16 and 13, 3 and 2, 5 and 4, 8 and 1, 12 and 12, 3 and 2, 10 and 3, and then 7 and 12. So you know, a lot of 500 or better in there, Ian, but certainly she hasn't fought the strength of schedule that Jessica Andrade has. Um, getting a real opportunity here from the promotion. What do you think Zhang Lee can do with it? Your thoughts on the main event?
1: Uh, well, first off, uh, Kenny gave uh, essentially almost a perfect breakdown in favor of Lee. However, I think that the uh, level of competition where he mentioned too much too soon, I think that's the biggest difference maker here. First off, her last fight was what Tisha Torres by decision, yeah. right? What does that really mean at this point where Tisha is in the division? I, I'm sorry, but if you look at and- Andrage's schedule between Rose, Claudia, but you know, everyone in the top five, top six, top seven, they present challenges as well. And all of them, except for Claudia, I think, were way taller than Jessica Andrage. She's never the tallest fighter, you know. But to me, you know, um. Lee does present some challenges as she's another very muscular, strong athlete. Um, her striking is very crisp. That sidekick that Kenny pointed out is a very good weapon. I just don't know if, you know, I think when you're in the UFC, you know, when you hear these people that are 20 and one or you know, you get the 26 and threes, then they come into the UFC or even when they come from other promotions that aren't bad, but the level of competition is just a whole different game. And I don't know if Lee has ever fought and I mean, people are literally saying that it's unfair that Andrade fights at this weight class. Yeah. Literally, Claudia Gadea has said she, she should not fight in this weight class. <laughs> it's not fair. You know, it's crazy to hear that because no one said that about, you know, when Kevin Randleman slammed Fedor on his head, or when Rampage was powerbombing guys, but a woman at 115 is, or you know, is slamming people on her head, and that was a whole big thing. And listen, Rose defeated Joanna, and no one ever thought Joanna was going to lose. You know, I think. That's a huge thing at this level. I'll put it this way. And, Kenny, I actually want to ask you a question, if I may. If this fight wasn't in China,
3: does Lee get the title shot? You know, that's a tough question. Listen, I think because it's in China, there's no doubt they want to promote. The UFC wants to promote mixed martial arts in China. But I do think that that Zhang Wei Li is a legitimate uh, contender uh, in, in that division. I just think it's a little too early for them. And, that, and that's why I asked, because in my honest belief, I do think that she would be, is a contender. I just
1: don't think it's right now. I think the China push is what's getting her there. It's just kind of hard to, when you look at who Tisha Torres just lost to in Marina Rodriguez, and she got dominated, you know, that's someone who we would never even consider for a title shot next, you know? And we got someone in Lee who, again, the physique kind of matches Andrade a little bit. Um, I just, it's it's for me, it's too hard to take an underdog here and someone Andraj, who, to your point again, consistent in her style, keeps getting better. Her evolution in her striking is getting better. Her cardio has gotten better, which was her probably her biggest weakness. And her strength is just unmatched. Can Lee match that? Maybe I don't know until we really see it. It's kind of hard to say yes or no. But I'm I'm gonna go Andraj. Um, you took you you chose decision again for like the twelfth week in a row. I don't want to really <laughs> take what you're taking, um, <laughs> man. Uh, but but I but I know why. I, I understand why you're doing it this yeah. time. Uh, you're not playing safe. It's kind of hard to see Lee getting finished by slam, you know. And however, I think Andrade is going to take this fight to the ground. I think, man, uh, John. If I pick the same thing as him, is that a complete cop out right now, or is that just oh, a strategy?
0: Zhang Lee's never been finished. I would not fault you for wanting to i know
1: that that's that's my thing so all right so kenny
3: i'm
1: sorry i gotta i'm gonna backpack you on this one i, oh, I do good. think Andraj is gonna win this fight oh uh, you know well i'm gonna uh, can we do a unanimous decision instead of a split decision no, we're help? Going with the um, decision. all right so that that's where i'm at with that i you know but i i get it and, and like i said i give props to kenny on that breakdown i think lee is pretty underrated and sometimes the competition just doesn't show that
0: no, and that's fair. You seemed more convicted, though, in text message format with me on Andrage than you were here today. I know,
1: I, I, no, no. I, I listen. If you're, you're ready, I'll put this out there to everyone. I am 1000 percent putting a lot of fucking money on Andrade. <laughs> Thank okay? you. I mean, I th- that's the analysis okay. we pay for. <laughs> there, you, there you go. I don't care if she wins by decision or she slams this chick on her fucking face. All right. I think that she 100 percent wins the fight. The hardest part for me was how she was going to win the fight. That was right. kind of where and the that's breakdown. Is but if I'm a me. gambler, that's where, that's where
0: I'm at. If I'm a gambler, if I'm a
1: gambler, I fucking love it that she's at minus one sixty-five. She should be minus two eighty-five because Lee beat Tor- or Tisha Torres and now she gets the title shot. If this was not in China, no fucking way. Andraj, ten thousand dollars.
0: See, and even if I don't agree with some of that, that's I think what our listeners want, right? To hear just how convicted you are on that side. Because if I was a gambler listening to this. I probably and I didn't know who these fighters were or I was a a casual fan. I guess I don't know that you'd be listening to the Anakin Florian podcast, but God, would we love you for it? Uh, But I would hear you and I would be like, yeah, I'm going to go bet this price right now before I lose it. Right. So that's what I'm talking about. Ian Parker. We'll see if we can keep the lead. Uh, Thank you for your time, sir. Have a good rest of the week there in Boca Raton or Parkland, Florida. Wait, wait a second. You pay Ian Parker to be on the show? We do not pay Ian. Nope. Okay. Going to be a, okay. Nope. I was going to say,
2: I got some oceanfront pro- property in Las Vegas if you
1: want to come take a look. but
0: right. I, TJ's like, hey, I'm I'm back-oed a couple weeks' pay. Can you guys not pay Ian Parker? <laughs> T- <laughs> TJ was
1: like, I'm being really nice to Ian today, and then you fucking pay him? I'm going to
3: right now. <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> all right, Ian, have a you good week, me. buddy.
1: I don't, TJ, you missed me. I don't get paid. We're still friends. It's okay.
0: All
3: right. That's good.
0: <laughs> right. There we go. Man event challenges in the can. Uh, before we do both today, want to dedicate this week's show to the memory of Percy Benoit, Daniel Cormier's father, uh, who, as many of you know, passed away last week. DC wrote on social media, if you've ever met Percy, you're better for it. And I can assure you that is the way all of us feel about DC. Uh, and We're certainly thinking about our guy after the loss of his dad. Alright, that is gonna do it for this week. Thank you all for listening. Uh tell your friends, tell your husband, tell your wife, tell your significant other. Thanks for supporting May Rocky B J J as well. It's becoming a fucking juggernaut. How about what Brian Callen, Brendan Schaub, our guy B. Schaub, give it a little May Rocky B J J love out there in the podcast hey. sphere, is that right? They
3: did. They did. I hope. I hope Brian Callen uh, does bring his kid uh, over to Meraki to start training. We we do have uh, a, a great kids program that is growing every single day. And um, I appreciate the shout out, boys.
0: And uh, I appreciate the shout out from you too. Hey, rockybjj.com. You can call the school, and don't be afraid. I mean, it's not a crank call or a prank call to call and say. I got a five-year-old daughter. I want to put her in jujitsu. I listen to the Anakin Florian podcast. I'm an Anakin Florian podcast listener. What can you do for me? And just see what they say and report back. Exactly. Uh, do it. Much. All right. We got to go. Thanks to TJ DeSantis for putting it all together. For Kenful, I'm John Anakin. We love you all. Until next Monday, don't text and drive. You'll be
2: the John Anik and Kenny Florian podcast is a TJ DeSantis production. Its content is intended for private use only.